Okay, Proverbs 1. Uh, breaking it down. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of the of David, the king of Israel. I like how it starts the entire book of Proverbs off because it mentions David and it mentions the king of Israel. I think that's very significant and very important um, to give those that credit due to David as we know that the lineage of Jesus came through him. So I think that's um, amazing. Fascinating correlation. Anyway, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. So the very first part is like the main chunk of all 31 chapters of this book. Like this is the main theme right here. We all know this, right? To receive the instruction of wisdom. So if you break all these things down, you kind of correlate what he's talking about. He's breaking down three different things. Wisdom, instruction, knowledge, understanding. I guess that's four things. So he's kind of separating them. But of course, wisdom um, is the critical thing inside of all this. Verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. I like that he ties justice, judgment, and equity into wisdom. I think that's also very prudent. If you have wisdom, you should have these things as well, justice, judgment, and equity. I think that's they go hand in hand. Verse 4, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. So there it is. The first four, ver well, first three verses, I should say, or second three, whatever. There it is. That's the core of the entire chapter, the entire book. Verse 5, a wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. It means you're going to go find and go get one and acquire one. To understand a proverb, an enigma, which is like a, a wise saying or a scroll or some sort. The words of the wise and their riddles. It's also an interesting thing that he uses the word riddles. Because I feel like the opposite of riddles is schemes. But I could be 100% wrong on that. Uh, I've never really looked into that. But that's just the first thing that ever comes to my mind when I read riddles. I think of schemes. And we learn about schemes in the New Testament about the devil. When you're putting on the armor of God. That you will be able to withstand all the wiles or schemes of the devil. So again, I think wisdom is such a powerful thing. Because it's one way to combat the enemy. Just my two cents. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is a verse that has stuck with me for many, 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 many years. I've probably shared this before. And I used to read a Proverbs a day when I was younger, um, all through like, not high school, but after high school and in the master's, I used to always read Proverbs. I had like this book, like almost memorized. Go figure. Now I feel like I haven't applied any wisdom in my life. My life is like, wow, I, you would think I have no wisdom, which whatever. Different subject. But the reason why this verse stood out to me is why I've shared this before is because when I was married to Raquel, um, I never understood how she lacked so much wisdom and, and, and acted so foolishly at times about literally everything. And it wasn't until I came to this verse, because I used to pray about it a lot and ask the Lord, like, I, I just didn't understand. And he showed me this verse. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So it's a very fascinating thing. And as the more you go into Proverbs, you find out that pride also kind of goes hand in hand with fools. So there's a direct correlation to despising wisdom and instruction and being a fool. Anyway, so yeah. So if you want wisdom, even from the get-go, you have to fear the Lord. That's my point in all of that. Anyways, moving on. And so I would say these last three verses or these last three I just read, like five, six, and seven are the sub-theme of the rest of the book of, of Proverbs. Wise men, heeding counsel, understanding Proverbs, and fearing the Lord. So moving on, verse 8. 
my son, hear the instruction of your father. So then this is also really cool because you hear this theme a lot throughout various books in the Proverbs is that they talk about, you know, my son, listen to my words, you know, listen to your mom, listen to your dad. And we know that being obedient to your parents gives you long life on this earth. So there's a lot to listening to parents, even if your parents, I always kind of wondered, like, what if your parents are wrong? Well, technically, you're, they're your parents, you know, and even when Jesus turned water into wine, like, I believe he did it because of his mother, because his mom asked him to do it. Um, and that was Jewish custom. And because if you go back to the Old Testament, you find out that honoring your father and mother is like, right, it's a good thing. It's a law. So I often kind of wonder about that. But anyways, but so that's another theme that's in Proverbs is listening to your parents. My son, he, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. For they will be graceful ornaments on your head. Like graceful, like it's elegant or something. And chains around your neck. I've often wondered about the chains around your neck because I don't think these are chains that bind you. These sound like chains like maybe gold or silver or like, you know, like Mr. T chains. No, I don't know. But I, I've wondered why they tied those two together. Uh, verse 10, my son, if sinners entice you. So now we're on. The other thing that's interesting about Proverbs is that the it jumps around a lot. And if people try to take Proverbs in context, it's hard without taking the whole book in context. Because like verse 8 and 9 are totally separate from verses 10 through 19, I would say. So my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us search secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like shell. Hell. And whole like those who go down to the pit that's interesting because i don't know anybody that i've ever hung out with like this but if if you continue to read it would make it sound as though it, it's regarding sin in general but this seems like the extremity of it and maybe that's what wisdom is trying to say is that you know if you start hanging out with these kinds of people eventually you're going to get to this point if you allow yourself to do this so that's kind of what i've gotten from these verses verse 13 we we shall find all kinds of precious possessions um, or plunder. We shall fill our houses with spoil or wealth. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse, which in and of itself is not very wise because we already know, we've watched enough movies to know that the bad guys always, they're like, we're going to split it, you know, four ways. And then they kill off one of the bad guys. And then they're like, it's now three, we get more. Yay. Anyways, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path for their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. That's interesting. So it's in vain, it's in futility that the net is spread in the sight of any winged lord. It's it's breaks it down to lord of the wing. Hmm. Why would that be in vain? But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. This is also something that stuck out to me, greedy for gain, because then you think like I'm a business person and I'm greedy for gain. I want my businesses to grow. I want to see gain and, and fruitfulness. So I don't know that that's what that's talking about, but it's obviously gain of something else. It takes away the life of its owners. But see, I can relate to that because I feel like my business is taking my life away from me. But that's a whole different ball game and story. Let's continue. We only have a few verses left, gentlemen. Moving on. Okay. So again, next section, wisdom calls out aloud outside. And we see, again, this theme a lot. Like, wisdom is its own entity. Something that I taught on one time in my KG, a teaching on wisdom in and of itself, and that wisdom seems to be its own entity, and they label it as a female. They give it a female trait, which I, I'm not going to really say a whole lot about that, not because I don't think wisdom, what women are wisdom. I actually do think wisdom are, or women are usually wiser than men in some regards. 
But um, I do kind of wonder, like, is she her own thing? But then you're reading the New Testament and you understand that God and the Holy Spirit are wisdom. So it seems she's just a, I don't know if I'd say entity, a tool, a spirit, because she does mention that she is a spirit. So again, that's why it's all very fascinating. But she's not an angel. She's a spirit of some sort. So I don't know. It's an interesting correlation. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out to the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. So she's like calling all the time. She's out there all the time, like calling to those who are willing to listen. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. There it is again, the fools, you know. Turn at my rebuke. So an interesting thing is that not only is she giving wisdom, she's rebuking with her words so that you can turn and do the right thing. Surely I will pour out my spirit. There it is. She's a spirit. I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. It's good. Because I have called you and you refuse. Oh, no. Because I have called you and you refuse, I shut out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. So I was reading this last night, verse 26, and this really jumped out at me. Like wisdom is happy to see that you fail and you go into calamity. I will also, I also will laugh at your calamity and will mock when your terror comes. Man, that's pretty harsh. Like that's pretty cynical to think that wisdom is going to do this when you fail or you do something that you didn't heed. But it got me thinking about my own life. Again, I feel like I've made a lot of bad choices in my life, not even on purpose. Things that just kind of happened. And... It's just, it, 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 I, I had to kind of ponder and think, I'm like, wow, is this what's happening to me right now? This is why I'm not gaining wisdom because wisdom has turned her back on me. In verse 27, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, like she's all about it, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. So again, these three verses really stuck out to me because I feel like I've been crying out for wisdom for a long time for Isabella you know, and just business and different things in my life. And I feel like I have not been getting answered. Maybe I have, and I've been ignoring it. So forgive me. I'm sure you guys have given me plenty of wisdom and maybe I've just been not heeding it or, or ignoring it. So that could be the case as well. Verse 28, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. That's so sad because then I think that that's a direct contradiction to the New Testament in James 1, where we are going through storms and trials and tribulations, and we are to ask God for wisdom and he will freely give it to us. So that's interesting that it seems that there's two dynamics here at play, and I'm not sure that I fully understand it. Verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So maybe the correlation, maybe I'm answering my own question, is that the fear of the Lord, coming back to verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, maybe one is lacking the fear of the Lord in order to get that wisdom in the first place. And in the New Testament, it says that that wisdom is coming from the Lord, and he gives freely. Um, so maybe there's some kind of tie in there that, during your trial and tribulation, your fear, your turmoil or whatever, you know, the fear of the Lord is coming upon you that you are able to receive that wisdom. I don't know. I could be, that could be a stretch. Verse 30, then they would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. That's so sad. And be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. That's crazy. That means a foolish person will get the best of them. Verse 33, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely. So after all of that, <laughs> she ties it up and she says, you know, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. So that's what I got for Proverbs 1. Pretty 
interesting stuff. Let me know what you guys think.